Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You. I am your host, Susie Dean. Do you have those people in your life, whether they're best friends, family members, acquaintances, or just people who have impacted you in a positive way and you look at them in awe because they have so many cool experiences and so much wisdom to share with the world? Today, I sat down with my cousin, Rachel. I am so lucky to be filled with those types of people in my life, and Rachel is one of them. She is my cousin, my the closest thing that I have to a sister, and one of my dearest and closest friends. There were so many cool topics that we covered in our episode that I didn't want to cut any of them out, so that's why I decided to make it a two-part series. Today, we're going to be talking about our upbringing together, our travels through religious exploration, being in the Catholic Church, and where we are today. During that exploration for Rachel, there was a significant part that landed in paganism and Wicca, which is really fascinating to listen to, and for me, was really fascinating to watch. I hope you guys enjoy hanging out with us as much as we enjoyed hanging out with each other. Bye. Um, so I'm really grateful that you decided to re-record with me for anyone that's listening. This conversation happened and it was a delight. And then the, the audio was just awful. So <laughs> you have to do this again. And I'm confident that this is going to be much better sound and quality wise. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Who are you? Why are you here? Be- anything. Yeah. Um, my name is Rachel Ray. I live in Washington, D.C., and I'm here because Susie's my cousin. And um, yeah, I guess, well, the first time you called me to be on this podcast, I said no. <laughs> yes, there has been quite the um, transformation. Yes, I I think I was just a, a little hesitant because I'm, I don't know, I'm very online, but I'm way more reluctant to share parts of my life. Um I also am trying to draw a pretty strict, like set some boundaries between like my work and personal life. But at the same time, like, I don't know, I, I have a website. I'm like, I post on Twitter. So what's really, (laughs) whatever. What's a, what's a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, um, the transformation I'm so grateful for because yeah, at first I, I reached out to you because I think that you have so many uh, wise pieces of information to share and so many cool experiences. And I said, I celebrate your yes as much as I celebrate your no. And you said no. So I celebrated it as promised. <laughs> I was a little let down. I don't know how I got you to actually. Oh, I, I know what happened. Um, so you came to me and I don't know if this is like a spoiler, but you were like, do you want to talk about workplace etiquette or something? You said talk about like work. And I was like, uh, no. Um, and then like the next day or two on your story, you were like, um, oh my God, I'm at my first real job. I am sitting outside and I don't know if I should go into this meeting. Like how early is too early? I don't really know. Which like, I sympathize. That's like a weird jump for you. And, um, but then what really threw me, it was like, you're supposed to bring your laptop to a meeting. And I was like, Ooh, girl. (laughs) Yes. I know. So then you're like, oh, Susie needs some help. I've got to jump on. I've got to do this service for her and all teachers that have left the field. Yeah, I will say when I told um, my partner, Greg, that I was doing this podcast, he was, and, and uh, when he found out the topic, he was like, 
you really like corporate etiquette like you wear t-shirts to work so just yeah, take all this with a grain of salt right and then what was really delightful for me was we sat down for our conversation we talked about workplace business office etiquette um and it dabbled in a few other things and then you were like this was really fun like it was fun and yeah. then yesterday when I was on my walk and drinking a little can of rosé, I said, would you be open to talking about like other things other than work? And you said, okay. Yeah, I'm laughing because um, I just did a press training at work um, because a lot of my colleagues speak to the press and uh, I don't because it scares me. And there are a lot of um, rules like on background, on the record, um, you need to establish it. Both parties need to agree. And it also like changes by state, I think, actually. I don't know. Um, but it's it's kind of this nerve wracking thing of like, even if you're at a happy hour or a party and like there you run into a reporter and you start talking about work or politics, like, and it's not established that you're off record, like you could be quoted. So oh my gosh, I'm sure. A little insight to DC, DC life. Um, so. <laughs> Going back to the computer thing, that was so embarrassing because look at this milk drunk baby. Oh my god. He's so thick. In retrospect, like, why didn't I bring a computer? I, I bring a computer every day with me to school. Even though I never used my, I rarely used my computer at school because I had a desktop, I would always bring my computer. Always bring my computer to professional development. Always bring my computer on, like, testing days when I knew that I would need to do when I would be out of my classroom and I would need to do um, work still while the students were testing. But I think that my, the reason why this happened was my mindset most of the time when bringing my um, computer to school was I need to bring my computer to keep myself busy in boring situations like a professional mm. development, like um, students are testing and I would study the sitting. Um, <laughs> And then it was my first meeting, my first time meeting all these people, figuring out, I mean, whatever, establishing. So I was like, I'm not going to be bored. There's going to be so much stuff to do. And then, I don't know. That was, I think that's the only So what were you doing? I, I totally um, agree with that. Like sometimes I'm in a really long meeting where it doesn't um, pertain to me that much. And I will bring my laptop to do other work. Um employers do not listen to this, but like, <laughs> I, so what would you do on your computer? Would you just like online shop or like check your email? Or... Um, most of the time I was grading. Oh, okay. okay. Endless. And I taught an extra period. So I had one less planning period than other teachers. So I always, I didn't, I didn't have as much free time during contract hours to lesson plan or respond to emails or grade as other teachers did. So yeah, most of the time I would be, I would be grading and stuff, but if, if there was ever a time when I just completely ran out of stuff to do, um, I would watch Buzzfeed Tasty. <laughs> that was fun one. That shit Tasty. is so like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Don't shit on Buzzfeed Tasty. I'm going to shit on Buzzfeed Tasty. Like nobody, I don't know. There's something okay. I'm no. a big, I'm a big cook. So like watching those videos where it's like sticks and sticks of butter which like i get that's not all bad but it's like everything was like cheesy this like brown butter salted this um there's bacon and everything it, it was just like 
I, at every video I watch from that, like, which is kind of why I'm not on Instagram on my phone anymore. It's just like, I don't want to see that shit. Like it's, it looks gross. <laughs> it for culinary value. I'm watching it to relax. And whenever my students were done with a lesson or I just couldn't deal with them anymore, I would put it on the projector and they loved it. Silence. Just the methodical way that they produce videos calms everyone down. Okay. I think I agree with that. You like chop an onion in one second and then it's like you scoop it up and then throw it in a, a single burner, like a little hot pot pan. Like, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then sometimes with on BuzzFeed Tasty, they have such wild random recipes where you know that the director or producer or whoever's boss was just like, we need to put some spin on macaroni and cheese that nobody has ever, ever, ever done before. And yeah. It's adding a shit ton of bacon. It's always adding no. bacon and more cheese. It is. So you'll watch people and they'll like make a burger bun out of mac and cheese. And then and then the whole process of the video, you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? What on earth are they going to do? They're going to top it with salt. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> Every 15 seconds, the kids are like, no way. Oh my God. That looks awesome. That looks disgusting. And it's just a fun ride. Okay. Okay. Um, we don't have to fight about this. But. I got my credit card revoked during quarantine for online crystal shopping behind Robbie's back while we were in the middle of trying to pay off debt. So how are you on that crystal journey? Um, I wouldn't say it's a journey anymore. I still use my crystals. I still charge my crystals. We had a full moon in Leo the other night. I did my moon water. I'll bring my crystals with me in my pockets and stuff, but it's, it's different. For sure, because when I first got into like my spiritual journey and I was reading how you pronounce it, just like spiritual intellectual leaders and discovering crystals and like burning stuff and the moon phases, it was all so cool and brand new. And like I was voraciously reading about it and just soaking up all this information just like anybody would with any new activity that they discover that just mm -hmm. aligns with them and what they want. But now, um, I just, I just know it all. It's just, it's kind of, it's <laughs> you not, can only have so many rocks on your windowsill at a time. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, it's not like a, um, it's not a novelty anymore. It's kind of integrated itself into my daily life and daily practice. So it's just kind of a normal. We chat about this because I was like such a hardcore, like practicing Wiccan back in like. I want to talk about your like travels through <laughs> your relationship with religion. Okay. Spirituality. So you I'm, and I. Had an sorry, I'm like laughing because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Let's, no. Sorry. Okay. Let's get into it. It's ridiculous. I think it's important. And I'm going to, I'll share my thoughts in a second, but we didn't grow up the same way at all, but we both come from Catholic upbringing. Yeah. Um, I, I would actually say, um, I, I mean, I did have to go to church for a while. Like my dad would make us go. And it wasn't until I went to church one Sunday, um, in my pajamas. Cause he didn't like, I was just like rebelling. Okay. Also, interrupt you you were going to mass not church i mean people what's say what's the difference <laughs> but you know how boring mass is it's very like 
ritualistic. I would, yeah. Is Catholic church, Catholic church equals mass, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. That's not how like the general Christian churches overall like are. It's very different. Okay. Well, so I went to Catholic mass every Sunday um, because I didn't have a choice. I was like a child, but I hated it and I would rebel and rebel. And like one of my acts of rebellion was to show up in my pajamas. I'm talking like lumberjack plaid pajamas, like oversized t-shirt. And then one day um, me and my brother and my dad ran into my classmate this was like fifth grade so i was really young and she was wearing this beautiful like ballerina white dress with like a bow and her hair was all done and curled and my dad was so embarrassed to like have me next to him because <laughs> i was like literally looked like i had rolled out of bed because i did um and we stopped going so <laughs> that's how i got out of church <laughs> yeah and i was never confirmed i mean i got i think i got baptized like not as a baby, but then I, I never went through like CCD or whatever. Did you? No, because I went to Catholic school, so I didn't have to do CCD. It was all like integrated into the curriculum. Is that true? Is that like how it works? Oh, okay. Yeah. When you don't go to like a Catholic school, you have to go to CCD to learn all of the Catholic things that come along with oh. communion, reconciliation, um, confirmation. Okay. But I, I was like studying all of that constantly. Were you allowed to take the little, little Jesus wafer? Um, yeah, I, okay. I did. I did communion second grade. Okay, so one time I was really hungry in church, like as a fourth grader, um, and I was, I was like complaining to my dad, and he was like, "Well, go up and get the wafer. You're hungry, even though I wasn't allowed to." You but no, cheated. I cheated. I cheated in church. Um, and no one stopped me. So, <laughs> you, if you do anything with enough confidence, nobody's going to say anything. I don't know if, like, you know, seven-year-old me had confidence, but I was very hungry. <laughs> Those things are not going to satisfy you, but hopefully, it gave you like a five-minute holdover. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and then after um, you got to get out of going to mass with Greg, <laughs> you we went to church with Nana and Grandpa a couple times. Oh my God. Yeah. And that was wildly different. Yes. So for anyone, Rachel and I are cousins, but we are very close cousins. I don't think that a lot of cousins have kind of a relationship with that. We have, we have a very small family. There are just three first cousins, Rachel, her brother, and me. We grew up with very close to each other, like geographically. And every Friday, our grandparents would have us over to have a sleepover from the time that we were babies, children, all the way up until we were in like, maybe like ninth grade, eighth grade. God, maybe even like 10th or 11th. Like it was a while. It, it was, was like for while. most of our Yeah. So lives. we grew up <laughs> always seeing each other and having tons of really awesome experiences together. So Rachel and I's relation, Rachel and my relationship is more of like a sister relationship. So yeah. that's why we have so much overlap in, um, a lot of these stories and experiences. So Nana and grandpa started taking us to church on Sundays. If we, if we ex wanted to extend our weekend with them. And Do you remember was, if that was optional? I feel like they would, they were the kind of grandparents that would have given us a choice, but I don't really remember to that. go to church. Yeah. I, um, yeah, they definitely would have. I don't remember 
specifically, but if I were to make up a picture, it would probably be, Nanny and Grandpa, can we stay another day? We're having so much fun. And mm-hmm. they would say, okay, but we're going to church in the morning. Okay, that rings true. Yeah. Okay, that sounds right. And we'd be like, okay, let's go to um, Bucanabapa. <laughs> Um, okay, so I do remember those, and we we didn't just go to a non-denominational Christian church. So. Yeah, and we we didn't just go to one. Sorry, can you hear that? A little bit. Okay, we didn't just go to one. I remember they kind of were like shopping around for their churches for a bit. Do you remember? Okay, we we definitely went to a few different ones. I I don't. I'm not saying it was like five, but like more than one. Um, but I do remember. And this is like a key, like memory of my like formative memory. Um, yeah, is that I would be so bored sitting there that I started making up stories, and I would like write like if I could bring a notebook or like um, I don't know if I had my own Bible, but I would like literally start like doodling or, or writing or thinking about like anything else to get, <laughs> mentally get out of this prison I was in. <laughs> probably really good for you because you ended up being able to cultivate and hone in on over the years all of your artistic abilities in writing and in drawing well not draw i don't i don't draw anymore but like i i think i have i had definitely like written an entire book in my mind sitting in one of those services awesome. like i love that for you yeah i remember something or i barely remember something and you have to like fill in the gaps so um i had a completely different experience than you did because (laughs) I was still going to mass. I never got to get out of it. I did not like it. It was incredibly boring. I didn't get anything from it. I, I zoned out the whole time. I didn't look forward to it. I always tried to trick my dad into like not going by like sleeping in too late, you know, taking too long. Um, (laughs) I'm sick. Yeah. I would, he would have to bribe me sometimes by saying that we would go to Cracker Barrel after. Or docks. Or docks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then when I would go to church with Nana and Grandpa, I had a great time because it was the first time that I was exposed to church where when we were singing, it was like really good music. It was not mass music. It was like a band and the mm-hmm. lights were down and people were like, having a good time. And then Mm -hmm. the pastors were telling Bible stories in a way that was engaging and funny and relatable. Whereas I had not learned anything about the Bible when I was in mass. Um, And then it was the first time where I was introduced to having like a relationship with God instead of there being this like God human separation of power um, Mm -hmm. that I had been raised with. So going to church with Nana and Grandpa was kind of what started my journey into Christianity because I am now a Christian, but I'm a very liberal Christian. So during that time, I was always going to church with them or wanting to go to church with them or having my dad take me to church there. Or really? when I was older and I started to drive, I used to drive all go to church at that church on Sundays. For real? Yeah. And Okay, so hold on. Doesn't he have feelings about that? Like, of you not going to the same place? Like, if you're going to go to church on Sunday? No, because I'm having so much fun at my church, and it is a Christian church. 
he's like, oh my God, you've got such such a great group of friends. You go to church every Sunday. And oh my God, you're doing an event at church. Oh my God, you're going to Bible study. And I think it's actually, he really enjoys it and is grateful for it. And I know that he was worried for a while because I had a period where I completely, not completely, but I kind of left religion and was questioning a lot. Um, but now he sees kind of that I'm doing so much more in my church than he is in his mass. Like he goes to mass. He's, he's going to mass as a duty. He Mm. feels like he has to, uh, many times I've heard him say things like, I need good luck for the week. So I'm going to mass. Uh, Like a bartering system. Like I'll give you an hour and you give me that thing I want. Yeah. Please and thank you, God. And then, and then it's just him going to mass and he has done a lot. Like he's, he's put on fundraisers and stuff, but Whereas with me and Robbie, we go to mass or we go to church every Sunday. We volunteer at church. We go to Bible studies at church. We help put on events at church. Like it's, it's much more holistic and much more of a part of our lives. So he really appreciates that. And I think he's also kind of finding that it's, it's different for me for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's different because his is much more duty filled and mine is much more like, because I want to feel. Yeah. 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 Um, so my dad is, has gotten more religious as he's gotten older and he goes to church like all the time. Like he'll make it a priority. Um, the same church, by the way, that I <laughs> absconded from. Um, <laughs> Wonderful vocab word. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but um, I can tell that it's like, it, it means more to him as he's gotten older. And there's like been one or two times kind of recently, like in the last few years where he's like, do you, do you ever think about going to church or what are you, what are you doing on Sunday? You want to go to church? And I'm like, are you, do you know who you're talking to? Like, <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so then how did, so we had the whole thing with Nanny and grandpa, you stopped going to church and then how did you find would you even call, which would you even call it in the beginning Wiccan? <laughs> into it, like I want to learn about Wicca. Um, so I had a friend group. Oh my god, this is so funny for me to relive because you have to understand. I'm I'm laughing because this is like before witch talk. This is before like there were no crystal stores. Like the, if there, if you wanted to buy like a hunk of rose quartz, like you had to go to like a store that was basically trying to, to market to like other kind of Eastern religions or um, wellness before it became this like mass marketing endeavor. I mean, they just didn't really exist. Like you would, I remember shopping at like Llewellyn.org or whatever it was called because I wanted um, like Palo Santo, um, like that was, you could not find that anywhere, like not in real life. <laughs> and I was, um, or yeah, you know, brick and mortar stores. Um, so God, uh, I guess my friend group and I just in our very early, um, angsty rebellion, um, were intrigued by witchcraft for whatever odd reason, um, from probably from books we read, you know? Um, and I think we would, probably have called ourselves pagans more than like witches. Like we, it was very much centered around 
seasons, um, respective to the earth. Um, like we would celebrate the solstices and like the equinoxes and, um, all these, uh, <laughs> and I'm laughing now because like all these like old school, like Celtic names, like, um, Samhain and maybe <laughs> yeah. like when I hear those names now in popular culture, I'm just like, this is so funny to me because I really do feel like I was at the forefront of it, but I was at the forefront of it as like a child, not knowing, like just groping around in the dark for some kind of meaning. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And I think I am grateful to you for that phase of your life because I think that especially the ways is, um, there is a very clear like demonization of any other kind of religion and fear of any other kind of religion, especially these pagan religions um, and Wicca. And a lot of people think that it's devil worship. And when but it's, it's so funny because it's really like, I'm sorry if you were just about to say this, but like you decorating a Christmas tree is pagan. <laughs> you like making cookies and leaving milk out for Santa Claus. Like, that is such a pagan ideal. Blowing <laughs> out candles on birthdays. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't going to say that, but thank you for saying that. But with your exploration of it, and then later I did a project on it in college because I lived with two witches, you being one of them. Yes. And our random roommate who was like a hardcore practitioner. We'll we'll <laughs> oh God. Okay. But I was able to find and see and share with other people that like, Wicca isn't devil worship. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's appreci it's really just appreciation of the earth and nature and giving back and like aligning your life and your practices and your rituals with the real natural world, which I think is really beautiful. And I think a lot of people today, aside from like the Christmas trees and the birthday candles and the Santa Claus cookies, pull in a lot of those elements without realizing that it's it's just different little bits and pieces of a uh, of a, a phenomenon that they have demonized. Mm -hmm. I think the awareness now is definitely more prevalent, I th and I think that is because you have Netflix shows like Sabrina, Teenage, or like whatever the oh, it's just called Sabrina. Um, yeah, who and, called Samhain Samhain? Yeah, common mistake. It's pronounced Samhain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm laughing. You can see that I'm like, I'm not struggling with this, but I'm like so amused by my past self for being so devout. Um, as, and not just me, like I had like a friend group who was equally as devout in this like little coven, um, for no real reason. Like no one had like a grandma or like a North, some kind of North star they could look to, to like practice or like understand why they were doing what they were doing. It was just so exceedingly like random and weird. And, um, I don't know, spoiler alert. I just like, don't believe in any of that stuff anymore. I don't know if I ever actually did, but okay. it was definitely something to do. Would you say that whole period? Cause you say, you don't even know if you believed in it then were you, you were just all kind of looking for an anchor or meaning? Um, if I'm being honest, no. Um, I think it was really out of boredom, but I, I just like, don't think I ever at any point in my life 
believed in a higher power. <laughs> okay. And then, but you, your Wiccan period, pagan period, it lasted quite a while. Yeah, it you sure did. Oracle card readings for me in like seventh and eighth grade. And then yeah, also- so I do. I think. Yes, I, that is the one thing I, and I'm like staring, I'm, I'm looking at them. They're, they're like over there. Um, my, my tarot cards. Um, like that is the one thing that I have kept, uh, as like, like I did a reading like last year, like, and not, <laughs> I'm laughing because like, I don't actually think you can divine the future. I think that is like kind of silly, but in the, in the sense that like, astrology is silly and and made up. Sorry, Susie. Um, it is like, it's still fun to do. And I think you can know that what you're doing does not like portend any truth about what you were going, like the future or anything. Like it's still like, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to like have ritual and like burn some incense and light a candle and, and center yourself. Like it's, it's kind of like another form of meditating. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. So would you say that your your experience kind of reached a peak when we were in college? Or was that near the tail? Yes, because <laughs> that's when it was like less less play and experimentation with friends, and that was when it was more like this is my religion and these are my practices. Well, two important things. <laughs> I'm laughing because I because you were there when this was happening. Um we moved into an apartment and I was wearing my pentacle necklace. And at that point, I don't think I was with a pentagram. Yes. Very important. Star points up. Um, and I would wear this necklace every single day for years. And everyone thought I was just like wearing a weird looking star of David. Cause like Rachel, South Florida, whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's fine. I accepted it, but like, I'm laughing because we, we entered this apartment where we got placed with two random roommates, which like, by the way, who, how is that legal? It's <laughs> just like outside. Yeah. I want to talk about that after. Okay. Well, I, I want to clear up however you want to edit this or whatever, but like at that point in my life as like a freshman, um, entering college and living alone for the first time, um, and living with you, which a lot of people were like, don't do that. Um, <laughs> like I, I wasn't, that's why they said that. That's totally, oh, yeah. it, it, worked, it worked out though. Um, in fact, we, we lived together for two years. Um, but that time in my life, I, I wasn't really practicing anymore. Like I was kind of like, I wasn't really doing anything with it. I just like had my necklace that I had worn for like most of my adult life. And I felt weird without it. So our random roommate saw it and was like, Oh my God, are you a pagan or like a Wiccan? And I was like, yes. And she was so excited (laughs) and kind of just like glommed onto me and like looped me. And that was a wild I do not think about that period of my life very often, but when I do, I'm like, well, I think yeah. about it all the time. <laughs> well, you don't even know the half of it. I don't think. <laughs> no, I just know that she was like, she got so excited and suddenly opened up and I was left in the dust and she was yeah. like, do you want to see my room? And then she showed us her cloak <laughs> that she made for Coven and she showed us her wand and yeah. she took you to Coven mm-hmm. um, every Sunday. Some most, I don't think you went out the time and then you would, have your, um, like equinox dinners or yeah. dinners. And let me also, a very important 
part, I was 17, maybe newly 18. Yeah. Our roommate was older. I don't know how old, 20s. And everyone else there was like a full grown adult, like 30s, 40s. They had kids, they had jobs, they lived in like the real part of Gainesville that was like not for students. Like when I'm like, I was so thrust into this environment, which by the way, was wonderful, warm, welcoming, yeah, cool as shit. And I got to like be party to a whole world that I had only dabbled in as a child. Like it was really awesome, but it was also, I was like way out of my, out, over my head. Yeah, but you were in it, so you had to... I was in it kind of, like, unwittingly, you know? Like, I thought it was cool, but um, it was it was a lot. It was it was intense in a way that I had never really broached before with, like, my middle school friend group. <laughs> right. So, so Bethany, um, sh- she thinks this, this all stemmed, you being in over your head, all stemmed from you panicking and saying yes, that you were a Wiccan and a pagan, and her taking that to mean oh my God, another practicing Wiccan and Pagan who's probably new to Gainesville and looking for a coven. A lot of things are happening in that moment. One, no one had ever asked me that before, like to my face, which like I would have been happy like a few years prior to be like, oh my God, yes. Like here's my, here are my cards here. Here's like my, my favorite crystals or whatever. I was not doing that kind of stuff anymore, but also to like, like I mentioned, like living, leaving my house for the first time, like living alone for the first time, kind of, I guess not really nervous about making friends, but like someone is going to, someone with like access to a friend group baked around this thing that I kind of knew about, like was like, come hang out with me. I was like, sure. Celebrate the solstice or like major holidays, like Maybun or, um, Oh my God, I haven't said these words in like so long. Letha, which was like the yeah. summer solstice. <laughs> um, so there are like different like seasonal things that you cook or bring. Um, and like we would go to this person's house. She had basically a farm in central Florida, north central Florida. Um, and uh, do like, say I, I guess say a prayer. Like I had only been to this, I don't know. This is just a handful of experiences, but I think this is like the one I remember. By the way, I think I brought my brought our friend Becca there <laughs> for this one. So she she might be able to fill in some of these gaps because I have a terrible memory. <laughs> but we would bring like I brought like some kind of food. Um, we would drink mulled wine. It's if you don't know these words, like if you're struggling for like a picture, like think about like <laughs> Felt like going to the Renaissance Festival, <laughs> um, but in someone's like farms, like farmhouse with lots of animals and a fire and like standing around in a circle and eating. Like there was no. Um, I think what I struggle to talk about, <laughs> or like what I'm trying to convey, is that there was no mystique. There was no like um, magic happening. Uh, it was just, we were eating and, and talking. Like, it was just community. It sounds like it was sure. community. Yeah. It was community. And so much of it was, it was community that was coming together around, around nature. I assume that during dinners like Lisa, everyone would bring a dish that probably centered around an ingredient that was in season. Yeah. Everything right. was seasonal. Yeah. You're, you're, um, 
utilizing the elements. You are consistently doing activities outside, weather permitting, you know? <laughs> so, and then it was just fellowship, throwing in a Christian word. You were just all spending time together. Yeah. It's everybody, or a lot of people think that, or thought that it was this big, scary thing, magic wands, cauldrons, spirits, seances, who the fuck knows what they associate <laughs> with this. Um, and then you, you actually pull away the curtain and it's, it's just people sitting around enjoying time together, having great conversations, except yeah. it's not Thanksgiving, it's the spring equinox or it's mm-hmm. the summer solstice. Yeah. Once we moved out of that apartment or that roommate, Bethany moved out of that apartment, is, did everything just kind of fizzle out for you? Yeah. Um, like I said, I think I never felt a true kinship for any religion and, and still don't um, to this day that it was kind of like once that was gone and I already felt a little again, like I felt very accepted, but I, it wasn't, it wasn't me, you know? And like, I didn't know how much longer I should and, and could spend my college years hanging out with people like twice my age around something I like barely believed in. <laughs> right. And then is that kind of where your exploration of spirituality and religion ended? Yeah, I guess so. I'm trying to think of like what I would do. So, okay. When I like see our Nana in Kentucky, I still, I, I go to church with her. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I'm not like totally against like forms of worship. And also, by the way, like during this time growing up, I would go to temple all the time. Like all my friends were Jewish. I, I felt actually, I feel actually more, if I had to like choose one, <laughs> like I, I, I feel the most, um, more, much more of a kinship with like Judaism um, because I, for like a period of my life, my friend had to go to temple every day because her mom worked there and I, I did too. And I like learned about the Torah and everything. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful religion. Yeah. And I, so that's like the only, yeah, I would say just, but just in general after that, like my relationship with any kind of religion for sure fizzled jumped around or still will jump around through religions because I think that a lot of people going back to this this idea a lot of people think that they demonize every other religion or are scared of it or think that if they try to learn more about it they are somehow um, going against or like rebuking their current religion and you know i have a question for you well let me just say this i think it's really important for anybody in any religion to explore other religions because there's nothing that's going to make you um more confident or be able to defend your religion more than understanding other religions does that make sense Yes, my my hunch is that this is kind of an antiquated uh, assumption you might have. I, I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, since you were recently a teacher and like had your pulse on the younger generation, but I just feel like the younger generation is like definitely not as religious, um, way more open to these. I, I don't think that kind of knee jerk um, prejudice that our 
older generations have against or fear or whatever xenophobia. Um, I just think that with the internet and everything, like younger generations would never, <laughs> maybe I'm being ignorant, but like, I just feel like that's like totally not the case anymore. I think you're right. It is much more open, much less judgmental when it comes to religion, much more curious. I mean, I don't have the stat handy, but like there is just a huge drop in any organized religion for the youngest, younger generation. I mean, they're not going to any formal services like gener like our generation mm -hmm. or Gen X or whoever used to. Um, I, I'm not sure the rates of like self-described um, atheism or agnosticism, like, but I like, it's just totally different for, for younger folks. Like, of a funny backstory with it but as i live now it's like so not part of my life yeah. anymore at all <laughs> well i mean it all shaped who you are today my thanks so much for listening everybody i hope you had as much fun as we did stay tuned next week for part two of this series we are going to talk about the absolute fever dream that is college life apartment living and some delightful random roommate horror stories. Have the best day ever. Miss Dean loves you. Same time next week.